You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And this is MyMac podcast number 246. Obviously this week with Guy, David, and myself owning a brand new iPhone 3GS. That's going to be the main topic. I know we like to talk about Mac stuff most of the time, but this is kind of a momentous event. Guy actually has an iPhone. So we're going to talk about it. And what's going on with a Twitter cast? Hmm, interesting. Thanks for downloading. Enjoy. Welcome to my Mac Podcast number 246. I am Tim Robertson, and I've got Guy Searle and David Cohen with me. Hello, David Cohen. Hello. How and are you? I'm doing really great, and Guy Searle. Yes, yes. An iPhone owner. What's up with that? I, I am an iPhone owner. I, I, I have to clean it about twice a day to get the drool off, but you know, so far it's been working pretty well. So, obviously, with the iPhone 3GS being released at the end of last week, we all have one. Um, I'll start with me. I got a 32 gig uh, black model. What'd you get, guy? Yeah, I got the 32 gig black model as well. And David, I got a 16 gig white. Uh, ooh, a 16 gig white. Ooh, dare yeah. dare to be different. So progressive. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, black, I black mean, is beautiful, baby. I, I had did when when I when I posted about it on Twitter, I did have some comments from some people saying, "Well, hang on a minute, you said you weren't going to get one." Uh, and that's true. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, on the last podcast, you said I that did, you're probably yeah, exactly. going to hold off. So so what actually happened is um, I happened to be browsing eBay, and uh, I came across a iPhone 3G being sold on eBay, um, and it was very close to the auction finishing. So I thought, well, let's see how this goes for And it was selling for a good chunk of change. And uh, I, you know, I kind of looked at what the price would be for a new pay-as-you-go phone, uh, compared to what I could get for my old 3G, and uh, it was about the, the cost differential was about the cost of, a, of an iPod Nano. Really? So I thought, well, if I do that, basically, I mean, O2 in the UK were actually recommending to people who didn't want to break contracts that they go out and buy a pay as you go uh, iPhone 3GS and then swap the SIMs so that they were still in contract on the 3GS and use a pay as you go SIM in their old phone. So effectively, I thought, well, that's what I'll do. So I put my iPhone up on eBay and sold it within about 18 hours. Wow. Guy, guy came, picked it up from, from me, paid me cash, and that was Thursday evening. So Friday morning, I went down to the O2 store and picked up a new phone. And I decided to get a 16 gig because I'd had the 16 gig iPhone 3G, and it basically I don't carry a lot of music with me. It's mostly video and podcast, so it was rarely full. And I figured, well, I don't need to spend the extra £100 for a, um, a 32 gig. So that's what I did. And it, it means that... that this time next year when the new iPhone comes out I will be well out of contract and so I'll be able to get uh, a new contract and uh, the, the basic pricing yeah a new iPhone comes out next year well we'll see yeah I don't know I have faith I do too and it's going to probably tick me off if they do come out with a brand new 3G FX next year and I can't sure. get it uh, well, but we'll see but well but no, come on this is this is this is kind of standard you know you, you buy something and, and the and next year there's complain. a new one out I'm not no. going to complain because let's be honest I had a first generation iPhone and right. that's what I've been using for the last 2 years and did you ever hear me complain about not being able to 
uh, do whatever the 3G can do? No, because it really didn't do anything that I needed, GPS or 3G network, and the 3G network isn't here in my area, and it's still not here. Uh, and I really didn't need, I didn't think anyways, that the um, the GPS chip. So I was fine with my first-generation iPhone, and it was just time for me to upgrade. And for me, the, the big selling point was the space, number one. I was constantly um, juggling. Yeah, what, yeah, taking stuff yeah, off. Yeah, taking stuff, stuff off, off, putting on, and I didn't like that a bit. Uh, well, there was a I mean, couple times that I would actually buy an application on the iPhone itself, and it wouldn't let me because there was not enough free hard drive space. And mm-hmm. that's really irritating. Um, so that, and the the ability to take, number one, better pictures, and number two, video, yeah. record video. Those are the three big selling points for me, and um, i got to say, I'm not disappointed at all. What was the big selling points for you, Guy, and what are your initial impressions? I mean, you've had it for what, at this point, almost a week. Yeah, almost a week. Um, the whole thing with with the iPhone, and you know, we, we talked about it on the podcast. That I, I felt it was a convergence device, and if it couldn't also replace my iPod, at least in you know walking around iPod, then I wasn't going to buy it. And I've been saying all along, as soon as it hit thirty two gigs of memory, I was going to go ahead and get one. So that's that's kind of what I did. And the fact that they've upgraded the hardware, put in a better camera, allowed you to do video and video editing, which I've you know played around with a little bit, um, direct uploads to YouTube, YouTube. Uh, looking at the uh, the the GPS functions, I mean, there's just so much that they've that they packed into this this new model. Other than the fact that it looks exactly the same, it, it really is an all new device. It I th- it kind of is a whole new device. I mean it. I posted a uh, comparison video up on Friday launch day of my yes, original iPhone and the new 3GS. Launching applications on the new machine, on the new phone, is just so much faster. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it blew me away. Um, I think it was Lemonade Stand or something like that that I yeah. literally launched twice in the time it took the the first generation iPhone to launch. Um, when you're actually playing the games and stuff like that, there's no speed difference, but I guess there is in some more multimedia-heavy applications. You, know, you get better frame rate and stuff like that. Right. But for average games, there's I mean, th- there's really no difference. Or if you're using Facebook, there's no difference. But there no. is a difference in web browsing. I noticed that 3GS is much faster on the same Wi-Fi network than uh, the first generation is. Yeah. And, um, you know, coming from a 3G to a 3GS, I, I mean, obviously I've just told the story how I came to do it. And, uh, you know, I thought, well... For, for what I'm going to be spending, it's worth doing it for a minor upgrade, getting the video and that sort of thing. I'm actually really impressed by how different the phones are if you've had one and then switched to the new one. I mean, for anybody who's thinking they may have, might have the money or might be in a position to do it and are kind of off the off on the fence about whether it's worthwhile, I would absolutely recommend it because the fact that the phone is faster and, and more stable because of the extra memory and the faster processor really transforms the whole the whole experience for me you don't get any of that i mean the keyboard is more accurate because it responds more quickly you don't get any of those hang-ups that you used to get in some of the older applications on the older phone when you know if you were texting or something like that all of a sudden the keyboard would kind of freeze and kind of wig out a little bit none of that happens with this phone um the coating on the front of the phone is amazing at keeping it clean they put this uh, oil resistant uh, coating bonded to the glass um and 
it does it still picks up fingerprints nowhere near as much as my old phone oh did. not even close no and the thing is you just wipe it and it all the fingerprints are gone and it's like the phone you like you just took it out of the box it's the, amazing the coating that they use for the new glass is simply amazing i am very very impressed and i didn't think something like that would be that big of a deal to me but it really is yeah so, uh, you know, I think it's a really worthwhile upgrade. Uh, the video, uh, I think the quality of the video is is pretty good. You know, it's not as good as a, a flip camera or something right, like that. But, exactly. it's, it's, but it's good enough. And the point is you yeah. always have that camera with you. Yeah, you don't um, have to carry two different devices just to exactly. record a video on one and, you know, that sort of thing. Well, it, it, was, it was never intended to be a replacement for your standalone video camera or your standalone digital camera. It's it's a device that'll do these things, but if you're a professional, of course, you're going to have professional gear. Yes. Yeah, and, and really, it, this is for people like us who have kids, and, you know, you're at the restaurant or something, your kid starts doing something funny, and you just pull up your iPhone and start recording. That's really what it's for, isn't it? Yeah, and then it's on yeah. YouTube uh, <coughs> five minutes later. Yeah, ex- absolutely. You know, or America's Funniest Video, so you can win ten thousand dollars. <laughs> one <laughs> of the it, things out there, yeah. Then you'd almost be able to uh, afford the next one when it comes out. That's right. You can afford to break your contract because you don't care. You've got ten thousand bucks in the bank. So uh, the video camera, I think, is fantastic. Even more impressive, though, is the picture quality. Now I posted side by side pictures from the first generation iPhone which had the same camera built in as the regular 3G, and the 3GS with a 3 megapixel, and wow, what a difference in picture quality, guys. Yeah, it, it, it's night and day how much better it is. It is. It's literally night and day. It's. I was very, very impressed. Um, I've been using this to take quite a few pictures, and, you know, it doesn't have a flash, and I don't usually like to use flash, but I take a lot of indoor pictures, and, you know, the kids are playing on the floor or something like that, and you kind of need the flash. And, of course, then you have to go into uh, Photoshop and remove the red eye. But yeah. it's not bad. Um, well, you could you could do that right in iPhoto as well. You can do that. Uh, the focus control, it's kind of automatic, and it seems to work pretty well. Someone in our Ustream chat room is asking that. Have you right. guys played with the focus control? Uh, yeah, I tried I- it a little bit with the on the video side. And it did okay. Uh, the picture side, you know, yeah, I haven't had much of a chance to, to, to do much with that yet. But I, I think uh, as time goes on, I will be using it more. What do you think, David? Yeah, I, I, one of the things I really like about it is that it's not just focus, it's, it's exposure. So, um, you know, if you have a scene and uh, you, you press on something in the scene, it actually adjusts the white balancing exposure for that as well as the focus. And, and to me, that's almost more important than the focusing, because obviously for a, a scene with a, a good depth of field, you know, you, if you're looking at a scene, there's not something too close to you. It's going to be mostly in focus anyway, but being able to make sure that the exposure is right um, for something that might be in shadow in front of you really makes, for me, makes the camera a lot more usable and means you going to get much better shots with it absolutely and uh, and you know and, and that the interface that that apple's using is completely intuitive and uh i've heard people talking this week saying oh, be, they won't be surprised if pretty much every camera on the market of the next couple of years copies it because it really just does just make sense just touch exactly what you want to be uh the the subject of the picture and the camera just takes care of it for you you know we were talking about and asking the question and actually david you said you don't know what you would add to this camera and i came up with something that the rumors were hinting at and well not hinting they were saying it was going to be in this camera or in this uh, um cell phone 
and it's not. But I think a forward-facing camera in addition to the outward-facing camera, so you can literally do video chats with the iPhone. I think that is something I would really enjoy, to be able to pull my phone out and you know talk to someone, say, on iChat, AIM, and they could be in front of their computer and we could be talking face-to-face. You could also have a Skype client um, built in, because Skype already has a, a chat client for the iPhone that could do video and you could video chat with someone on Skype using it. I mean, I I think the, the applications of a forward facing camera for video conferencing would be unlimited. And I think that would be a huge selling point. What do you think, David? I I certainly think so. But remember that the OS three allows you to, uh, talk to hardware devices plugged into the docking port at the bottom. So even if that's not something that Apple builds into the uh, next generation of the iPhone, you may see that application appear this year anyway because I could imagine it'd be fairly easy to pop a little docking camera into the bottom of the phone there facing you and, and still do exactly the same thing. You know, you bring up a good point. Hardware will be able to talk to the iPhone via the dock and actually Bluetooth as well. What do you think, Guy? You think video game controllers are just around the corner? Maybe bigger screen for the iPhone, something like that. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, there was there was a story today. I'll see. I'll, yeah, yeah. What no, was it called? The iBone. Yeah, it was called the iBone game controller for the iPhone. Right. Um, and it looks yeah. like a dog bone. That's why they called it that. Yeah, but I think that uh, something like that could, could work very very well, depending on how many applications. It are built to to use the device itself. If it if it's a one trick pony, then they're kind of wasting their time. What they probably need to do is put out an, the the API that that you know is used for the controller and have you know just just give it to to all of the developers and say you know hey go ahead and and port your game to to use this controller. Just give it away. Give the controller away or the the API. Give the API away. We were waiting for yeah, the compact. I'm not sure. And we were going to see... I'm getting some... Uh, I don't know. I was getting some audio there for a little bit. I don't know what that was from. I've actually got two or three web pages open right now because uh, this is not a good week to be a celebrity, guys. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's not no, funny. it's not. Uh, it's not a, a couple days ago, Ed McMahon died. A right. long time, I don't want to say co-host, but he was on The Tonight Show. And uh, I always kind of found him annoying on that, to be honest. And he did Star Search, and um, I, I always thought he, he seemed like a pretty nice guy to me. And uh, it, he died, and then Farrah Fawcett died today. Thursday. Thursday, as we record this. And uh, also today, TMZ.com is reporting that Michael Jackson actually died. Well, now CNN I'm seeing... is saying yeah, like, that they're on yeah, uh, coma. LA, LA Times is, is now confirming that he's died. LA Times. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It says a uh, source in CNN saying sources say singer Michael Jackson has died. Wow. LA Times said that, huh? LATimes.com. I'm going to go there there right now, and yeah, Michael Jackson is dead. The pop star is pronounced dead by doctors after arriving at a hospital in a deep coma. City and law enforcement sources tell the Times, and uh, he was 50. Farrah Fawcett was 62. Wow, that's so. It's, I, I, it's, I wonder what he died of. Uh, Michael Jackson, they're saying a heart attack. Okay. Wow. Hmm. It's... I don't know, guys. It, it's... Uh, hmm. So, I mean, 
obviously there's been other celebrity illness stories this week about uh, Steve Jobs returning. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out a good uh, segue. Segue, yeah. I, and yeah. That, that one will work if, if nothing else. <laughs> the, the, the reports came out this week. And it was kind of weird because it broke really late on what uh, Friday night or Saturday Friday night? Friday night. Friday yeah. night. By the Wall Street Journal was am I the, or is it? It the, was uh, yeah. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal. And the weird thing about the article was they didn't quote any sources or anything, which actually kind of leads me to believe that it was Steve Jobs himself who reported it, or, or at least I a think, PR person with it. No, I don't think yeah. it was a PR. I think it was. Yeah, because I, I think, I think if, they, it, if it would have been a PR person, they would have said sources. Yeah, I, th- I think I think everyone now kind of accepts that, that that story was deliberately given to the journal by Jobs himself yeah. as a way of getting it out there because it was followed up, you know, very shortly afterwards by a statement from the hospital in Tennessee that confirmed that he had been treated there, that he had, wanna, had received... Go ahead and yeah. we haven't even said what happened yet. Well, Somebody might not know if they're listening to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, the, the story effectively is that is that a couple of months ago, Steve, Steve Jobs went down to Tennessee uh, and was given a liver transplant. And um, he's now his prognosis is now very good, and, and apparently, you know, they're, they're saying that he's uh, he's doing very well, and he's, he's he's back at work at Apple. He's been seeing the Apple campus this week, and he actually issued a press release on uh, over the weekend re- relating to the 3GS sales. So, um, effectively, he seems to be back in the saddle and, and fighting fit, which is great. But um, obviously, yeah, the way the story came out um, was kind of strange in that. It was this uh, effectively. I mean, the Wall Street Journal doesn't publish a story like that, which they know, being a business paper, is going to is going to affect stock price. Um, without quoting sources, unless they're pretty confident that the story is absolutely one hundred percent accurate, and that's what now why now people feel that uh, actually that probably means that Steve Jobs gave them the story himself directly. So it was coming literally from the horse's mouth. Um, and all I'd like to, I mean, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, here we go again with the health speculation, but obviously it's been followed up and, and I'm hoping now it will draw a line under it and we'll, we'll be back to, uh, yeah, but singing. Move on. well, exactly. You know, I mean, from my point of view, I'm just glad that, uh, bearing in mind that, I mean, a liver transplant is not a minor thing. I'm no. glad that he's doing, he's doing well and, and, you know, he, he's, he's recovered and I hope all his health yeah. problems are behind him now. Um, it's not. It's not like you're going to say I'm going to pop out for some milk and a liver transplant. No, but do you, what do you, do you think that there was some fiduciary duty on his part or Apple's part to make this known beforehand? No, I don't think so. I there's been a lot of speculation and people kind of interpreting, uh, you know, corporate corporate law to try and say that. But I suspect most of the people saying that are kind of pundits who are either annoyed they didn't have the story earlier or secondly you know want to talk about it and and you know continue the constant debate about uh, you know steve's relationship to apple's performance but i think you know he's not been there for six months clearly if if this is what he was leading up to whatever input he's had into the company must have been fairly minimal because you would imagine if he he had a livery place you know he's been pretty sick uh, and um so and yet the company has quite literally gone from strength to strength without him being there day to day. You know they've just had a, a very successful iPhone launch that was more successful than a lot of the pundits were speculating. They just re- not forget yeah, the uh, they- laptop line. Exactly, and Snow Leopard is looking really good, and WWDC went really well, and, and you know 3. the couple 
Yeah, and exactly. the, the, stock, the stock is up 60% this year. The stock is up and the company is performing, you know, it's in a, in a very bad market, it's performing extremely well. So I think with all of that, I mean, if, if the stock price had been tanking for the last six months and Apple had been back to the bad old days of the late 90s when, when it looked like they were really in trouble, then I suspect there would be an investigation about, you know, exactly what, what his health status and what was said and what wasn't said. But well, the company let, let me well ask and, let me ask you something. Um, when when they announced that Tim Cook was going to take over day to day, what was Steve Jobs' position within the company? Did he temporarily resign his duties, or or what? I mean, well, he took if, a leave of absence, which basically okay. says I'm not. He's at not the running the company, right. right? So at that point, whatever damage that the stock is going to get is going to happen at that point. You know, the or the initial damage. So for people to say, well, Apple, you know, or Apple or Steve Jobs or whoever should have told us that Steve Jobs had a liver transplant, it's no longer relevant because he was not running the affairs of the company from day to day, and it, this was done on purpose. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it, there is nothing to investigate. No. So I'm looking up on the MyMac website and uh, more Michael Jackson news up there. <laughs> Owen just posted. Uh, I don't know, it's just weird. Michael Jackson died, guys. I can't get I over know. that. I haven't been a fan of Michael Jackson in a long, long time. But Thriller was actually the second full-length album I ever bought. The first was uh, Van Halen's 1984. And uh, God, I, I feel it's, old. It's that's a big deal. Someone of of Michael Jackson's caliber in pop culture uh, passing away. Um, I know it's by the time most people listen to this podcast are already going to know it, but. It's still, I mean, I, it, we just found out about it confirmed while we were recording the show, so it's just kind of kind of odd. And Farrah Fawcett, and wow, it's just a weird day. Very, yeah. very well, they strange. Well, they say those kinds of things happen in threes. Well, so. Ed McMahon, Farrah Fawcett, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, right. Yeah. Um, hopefully, but no. it, just seemed, it just seemed to be like boom, 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 one, two, three. Well, hopefully Tim Robertson isn't on that list anywhere because <laughs> I've got four kids and they need me. <laughs> Let's uh, take a break yes, for happy. a moment and uh, talk about our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. Ah, the Mac Sales. MacSales.com. You know, guys, RAM is probably the most important update that you can do to your Macintosh. But as important as far as um, productivity would probably be a larger hard drive. Now, we have an internal staff email list. Uh, I know and, where you're going. And one of our uh, writers sent a, a help me email saying my my Adobe Photoshop 4 is saying that my scratch disk is full. What does this mean and what can I do? Well, it turned out his internal hard drive had less than a gig of, of RAM left. I think it was much less than that, wasn't it, guys? Like. 60 megabytes or something yeah it, it was it was uh, it was in the megabyte range i mean he was he was definitely running on empty and you know his handy tip for everybody don't let your mag get like that no if no. it gets below if it gets below uh really four or five gig then you really need to start worrying because os 10 does a lot of scratch stuff and and uh, you know log files and everything and it needs a bit of room to breathe and, and if you're going to do any kind of video editing you need a large hard drive space not just yep. for the actual video of what you're working in right now but it does a lot of caching it does a lot of scratch disk uh photoshop for instance and this is how he found out that his disk was full he couldn't do any editing and that was because photoshop had nowhere to write a scratch disk so if your hard drive is getting full, if you've got less than 10 megabytes or 10, 10 gigabytes, gigabytes left on right. your hard drive, either do one of two things. One, 
start deleting files that you do not need. And I'm not talking frantically, frantically. And I'm not talking about word files because those don't take any space. I'm talking about those big video projects that have been sitting on your hard drive for a year and a half. You know, you're not going to get back to edit. Go ahead and just, you know, put it on an external drive or a, burn it to a DVD or something, but get it off your hard drive because you really do need some free hard drive space. Well, Tim, what, where could they possibly get a hard drive to, to put all of this stuff on? Well, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> In this case, I'm going to, uh, let's see, I'm going to go to Otherworld Computing and I'm going to say uh, we have a MacBook in the case of our writer, Artie, and I'm going to view solutions. And he could have gotten, he could still get actually, um, a Seagate drive from Otherworld Computing, uh, 5400 RPM, 120 byte, 120 gigabyte hard drive up to a 500 gigabyte, starting at 4299. Wow, that's psh, nothing. Um, they do have a Western Digital 320 gig drive, and that's 7200 RPM, which is 9997, which is really cool. Uh, they they have really good solutions up there, guys. And well, here's, really a, here's, a, here's a Seagate 500 gigahertz, gigahertz 500 gigabyte Seagate 7200 RPM 150 bucks. Yeah, six sixteen meg cache. That you know, and what, what you might what you might want to do because they also do um, kind of the enclosures as well. So one thing I like to do is upgrade driving the machine and take the old one, stick that in the enclosure, stick it on a USB port. Sure. Um, and and then, enclosure you will know, also help if you want to transfer the data from that old hard drive to the new one. Because let's be honest, if if you're going to update your your hard drive, you want to put a larger hard drive in your current laptop, well, how do you get the information off that exactly. current drive and put it on the new one? Well, yeah. you need an enclosure, and that's an excellent point, David. If you're going to update the hard drive in your laptop, and that's the only computer you have, get an enclosure. And the enclosure you can use for the... the existing hard drive that's where it will reside in the future but you'll also put it in there to transfer the information from one machine to the other and uh very important and, yeah yeah and if you leave that permanently connected to a port in your machine then you can stick something like your itunes library on there um and that means that uh you know you can get i mean that's that's a real quick way to get a whole load of space back on your internal drives to move your iTunes library, which will, you know, most cases will be at least 50 gigabytes. Absolutely. Uh, if, you, if you've got a whole load of music and, and video and that sort of thing, and sh- shuffle that off, and, and immediately you'll see a system performance increase if the drive is getting full. So, again, uh, Otherworld Computing is the sponsor of this particular episode, and they will be for almost a, a year from now as well. Uh, Guy Searle, I know we still have plans sometime in August, it looks like, that we're actually going to go do some live podcasting from the Otherworld Computing's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Uh, man, I, I sure hope I can go. We're, we're, we're Now, the, the family and I are going to the beach, uh, I think it's the first or second week of August, uh, we'll down, work it out. down to the North Shore. And late July, early August, I'm going down to Fort Lauderdale for a 30-plus year high school reunion. 30-plus, huh? Yeah, that's as far as I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you can make it because it's it's what yes, number one, they're a sponsor, right? Um, they're paying for the coverage, but on a personal note, I'm actually really looking forward to it. They're very much into the green movement. They have a brand new facility, and uh, it's one of yeah, the just greenest outside in the of country. Chicago. Yeah, it's one of the greenest in the entire country, and I'm very interested in that. I'd like to see. Uh, not that my house is green. I mean, my house is like 119 years old, and I'm not exaggerating. 
Um, the only thing green about this house is the grass outside. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'd really like to see where the magic happens. You know what I mean? This this is a major Mac supplier out there. They they have pretty much everything for our uh, our obsession when it comes to Macintosh. Well, actually, and and not, and, yeah, not just not just for Macintosh, but if you're listening to us and you use a Windows machine, almost everything, every single thing they sell can be used on your Windows machine as well. Absolutely, yeah. been so around got, a long time as well. Absolutely, even uh, yeah, Larry started the company; he was really young. But we'll get into all that in the future. Um, last topic I really want to talk about is um, okay. Well, number one, next week on the show, uh, we're going to have another listener join us. I've got... I'm going to pull up my iCal here right now, guys. Yes, we're going to do it live on the air. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, okay. We talked about having listeners come on the show and participating, not as interviewees, but join us on the podcast and talk about Mac and your, you know, the, the things you like, dislike, whatever. Just join us on the, the podcast and have a good time. And most of the people listening probably don't have the opportunity to do that because they are either working if they're on the west coast when we record the podcast or they're on the other side of the planet or <laughs> far enough away that they may as well be and it's just too late but if you have the opportunity to be uh, in front of your computer in a quiet environment wearing headphones from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on a thursday we would really love you to come on the show and talk with us. And if you want to do that, simply send an email to tim at mymac.com and we'll talk about it. Right now, we have, uh, for next week, Dan Rodriguez coming on the show. And, and a uh, long-time listener. Long-time listener. We've actually had him on the show. I think he won something from yeah, us. At the, at, yeah, at the 100th podcast. Yep, my, yep. My, we, my God, that was so long ago. We, we actually did meet him at the 100th podcast, and that was really cool. And he actually paid for our uh, lunch that day. Guy. Yeah, and well, not just us, but everybody that was there. That was, I mean, yeah. it, it was it was definitely a cool move. Um, let's see, and then we have Lee Givens coming up. Now, Lee, of course, was uh, an occasional co-host of the show for a while, and he kind of dropped off the face of the earth for the last six months or so. But we're going to have Lee back on the show. Oh, great! Uh, we have someone called someone named. Let me see. I believe uh, Matt Larson, another listener. He's coming on the show uh, towards the end of July. And uh, in the middle, towards the end of August, we have a listener called Gaz. He's going to be on. But we still have some uh, openings. If you would like to be on the show, we're taking bookings into the future. We're going to be here right. for a long time. So, I mean, you know, you're not going to get on next week. But no. if uh, you want to commit to a date in August or September, let's do it. Just come on the show and, and just chat with us. We all have this passion. And if you guys are anything like us, there's no one close by that you can really share this passion with. And that kind of bites you. You want to talk about this stuff. And like I said on the last podcast, listening to, to podcasts and people who share your um, passions is one thing. Right. But it's not the same as actually talking to someone and, and having a conversation. And, 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 and it's not like it's not like with Twitter or some of the other no. you know social media sites. You don't get the immediacy that you would have by being on the podcast with us, right? And like I said, it's not going to be an interview. We're, we're not going to, you know, no. drill them with questions. It's, it's a kind chat. of a guest guest co-host right. deal, isn't it? And, and if you're kind of nervous, you're not sure how you would sound on the podcast, and boy, I don't know if I, I could perform or 
Honestly, have you, have don't you heard us recently? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about that. You know, you're, you're going to forget that you're being recorded, and that you know a lot of people are going to be listening to you uh, around the entire world because we literally have listeners everywhere, all over, all over. And I love that. By the way, I just love knowing that there are people in uh, New Zealand who listen to, us, especially in New Zealand, because they actually have a cap on their bandwidth. How much they can actually download on a per month basis? Yeah, and, which means they have to be really dedicated. Yeah, they, yeah, and if they're downloading this show and they're adding that to their monthly bill, it, we really appreciate it. We we really want to thank them. Um, but we, you know, we have people from the UK. We have people in Germany, the United Arab Emirates, um, uh, Israel, Mexico, a place called Texas. Um, <laughs> no, that, that, does, that doesn't really exist. No, I know. It's a, it's a myth. It's, it's a myth. But, you know, we, literally people from all over the place it, are downloading the show, and we want to get more people. I call it kind of the Grateful Dead mentality. We want to make it more of a community event. Come on the show, talk with us, have a good time. Um, we like to meet people, and I think it's, uh, it's a lot of fun meeting new people. So on the next show, we're going to have Dan Rodriguez. Um, excuse me. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is kind of a new technology that you can do if you have an iPhone or an iPod touch. Although to use this on iPod touch, you have to have a microphone and it's the ability to record conversations oh, and, and headphones and head. Well, no, you don't need head. Well, you mean you're talking about the podcasting thing. I moved on guy. Oh, okay. That's what, <laughs> that's what I get. Um, I'm using this application called TwitMac. T-W-E-E-T-M-I-C for the iPhone. And what it allows you to do, and it's a very, very simple application too, when you launch the application, you can you have to give them your username and password for Twitter. Now, don't worry, they're not going to you know, harvest it out and send, sell it to hackers or anything like that. At least I don't think they will. Hope not. But the interface couldn't be simpler. It has a big red button that's for record and another one to play. You hit the record button, and it gives you a timer on how long this recording is, and you simply talk. When you're done, you post it to Twitter. They host the files. The application itself is only $0.99, cents, and the audio quality is really fantastic. If you want to hear what the audio quality is, simply go to twitter.com slash mymac. That's my account, and I've actually posted, uh, as I record this podcast, three, and I call them uh, Twittercasts, just little minute, minute and a half little audio clips. And uh, I, I think it's fantastic technology, guys. I, I'm really excited about this. Um, and this well, isn't the, a full-on review because I've only used it a few times, and I really want right. to live with it for a while. But, you know, they don't charge you anything to, to host this. And uh, there's another one called World Voice, but that's something that I haven't used yet. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Is this something that you're going to be interested in, Guy? Yeah, um the, the one nice thing about it is it, it allows you to very, very quickly, like you run into somebody on the street and you want to talk to them about this and record something, you can record it, upload it when you get back to your house. You know, you don't have to to break out all of your gear and do the editing and do all this. You can basically just link it back to where, where it's hosted and you're done. Yep. Now, I did see the, the one big stickler for me is that this is an iPhone application. But once it's uploaded, it actually converts it to a flash file, which means I can't listen to it on my iPhone. <laughs> they need to fix that. That's, yeah, uh, that's not very intelligent. Now, I'm sure they're doing it because of bandwidth costs, and it's a lot quicker to encode something and, and host it. 
uh, using flash media than it would be, say, an MP3. But I know World Voice is doing a, a looseless file format that's compatible in QuickTime. And I'm going to assume that the, the audio quality should be about the same. Now, World Voice is a lot different. Um, it allows you to see a world map, and you can actually click different areas, and it will show you who's broadcast from there. And you can listen to stuff right there. I know it has push notifications, so you can subscribe to someone's feed. And anytime it's updated, it'll let you know on your iPhone, which is kind of cool as well. Um, and I think this one is two ninety nine. I I could be mistaken. I just bought it today, and I haven't used it yet. I started to set it up, and then I got a phone call on the iPhone <laughs> that I was trying to set it up with. So you know how that goes. But you know, I think these are really interesting technologies. And you don't have to be a professional to use these. You don't have to have some professional radio voice. And hell, I've been doing this podcast for what? Almost five years now. Over five years. Over isn't five. It? Well, 2004 is when I started, so yeah. Um, you don't have to be a professional. Uh, no. Even if you know only four or five people listen to your little audio clip, so what? You're sharing information, you're getting out there. Um, make new friends, share your opinions. I think this is great, David. And if you do have aspirations to kind of, you know, get more serious into podcasting, then this is a good way to get started. Get a bit of experience, get a bit of confidence. Because the first time you sit down with the headphones on and record something in the microphone and then listen to your voice back, it sounds horrible. Oh, yeah. You can't, you know, and, and you have to get over that. And I think having an application like this where you could... Literally, just as soon as as soon as a thought takes you, go somewhere quiet and record it into the iPhone, and then publish it. is is a very powerful way of being able to kind of get your feet wet with it. And uh, and honestly, if you already uh, own an iPhone, the, the app costs you ninety nine cent. There's no bandwidth fees for you. There's no hosting fees. No, absolutely. You could you could quite literally just run a Twitter only podcast uh, by doing it using this. Absolutely, and that's probably not a bad idea. Maybe we'll just. Uh, Start holding up the iPhone and record the show as we're doing it, and I'll start posting it there as well. <laughs> it's, cer- it's certainly going to make um, it's certainly going to make getting content out our, at the uh, the next Mac World Expo a lot easier for us. I, I, you know what? I was thinking the same thing, and uh, huh? I, I'm looking at our uh, UStream chat, and number six UK says uh, he actually listened to my post on his iPhone that I did with. Uh, that application. What is the name of the application again? It is TwitMic. And uh, and I said how? And he said he clicked the link from the Twitter iPhone app, which took me to the web page with a play button. When you pl- press the play button, it opens the audio in QuickTime. Oh, hush my mouth and call me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to play with that more because when I tried it, it, it didn't work for me. So. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. It's an iPhone application that you can't use to listen to the end product. Hmm, that wouldn't make any sense. Now, I do believe that there's some editing control in the application itself, but I haven't played with that yet, so we'll see. Okay, guys, that's going to wrap up uh, show 246. We'll be back with uh, 247 next week with our uh, listener... Well, how do we, Dan, how, Dan Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah how, we need to have a name for this. Oh, listener guest host, I think. Listener guest host? No, it needs know, to be sounds, more dynamic. <laughs> well, I want it more organic as well. That sounds very, I don't know, professional. Victim of the day? Victim of the day. <laughs> Victim of the week, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out in the future. and, and you know, Because I, I don't want people to sound, make it sound like we're bringing them in and blah, 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 and you got to wear a suit and tie while you're talking to us. That's not it at all. 
It's just a Skype call, and you're just going to chat with other Mac guys like you. So, hmm, think of a good name, guys. I'm not talking to David and, and Guy. I'm talking to the listener out there. If you have a good name for this, send it to feedback at mymac.com, and I don't know, it, whoever comes up with the best name, um, we'll figure out a prize and send it to you. <laughs> uh, David will send it to you if you're in the yeah. UK. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, this week's show. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Otherworld Computing for sponsoring the podcast. Make sure you go up to our mymac.com website. Check out all the latest content we have up there reviews, uh, video work, a lot of uh, blogs, and more importantly, at least as far as the podcast is concerned, click the link. In show 245 that says review our show on iTunes. And uh, make some comments, give us a rating, and, and post it up to YouTube, or I'm sorry, uh, iTunes, and uh, let us know how we're doing. We'd really appreciate it. So for Guy and David, I'm Tim, and we're out of here. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. 